At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then, book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Folks, if you like good old-fashioned true crime mysteries, if you like stories where you feel like you're a detective finding clues, June's Journey is the name of this new game that you can play on your iPhone or your Android. You are uncovering the mystery of June's sister's murder. It's this well-to-do family in the 1920s living in a great Gatsby-like mansion. Each scene uncovers new aspects of the story. Some parts are in New York. Some parts are in Paris. There's all kinds of objects you're finding and trying to assess whether they're meaningful or not. You collect information, filling out your own photo album, and you're keeping track of all the characters. There's romance, there's scandalous family secrets. It feels like a really fun play or movie. And I've only made it through like five scenes, but I am told you could crack the case. All you need is an internet connection and downloading on iOS or Android. So discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hey folks, this is Risk, the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, and every Thursday we release these special episodes where we look back at content from the earlier years of the podcast. This week it's Funny Stuff 3. I am in love with this new series we're putting together of just plain funny stories that have been on the podcast over the years. In a little bit, we're going to hear from Rich Monahan, an unforgettable story called Grapefruit that he first shared on this. On, <laughs> I'm laughing just to think about it, that he first shared on the podcast in 2017. But before that, a story that Jillian Welsh first shared on the podcast in 2016. Here she is now. This is Jillian Welsh with a story we call Aunt Flo. Hello, buddies. Uh, has, have you guys been to New York before? Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
So I used to live there, but did you ever notice how there was like these like two police officers at the opening of a subway and this like plastic table? And I had no idea what that was. And I was just like mentioning this to Kevin because he's from there. And did you know what? it's like a random bag search? That like people, like you can just like go over and they just like look through your belongings. I don't know, I thought that was weird and maybe funny. Uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, as I said, I, I was living in New York City when I was about 19 years old, and I was working for a Shakespeare company for an entire season. And there, I fell head over heels in love with one of my fellow actors, Jeffrey Warwick Brown the second. Man, like, I would go out of my way to kind of just, like, smell him. <laughs> And he had this skin, like I would, I would like try and touch his skin. It was so soft and it was like this beautiful, soft ebony skin wrapped around these rock hard muscles. And when he would like speak, he had this voice, this deep velvet voice. And when he would wrap the heartened bard's language in it and look at me in my eyes, I would forget my lines. Like I would straight up forget what I was supposed to say. And after a while, it kind of became clear that he sort of liked me too. <laughs> but I have one very, very important rule in the theater, and that is you do not sleep with the people you are working with, especially when you're locked into a year-long contract. But by night, my right hand, and sometimes my left, would embody Jeffrey until my sweat soaked the sheets. So finally, the whole year goes by. Everybody knows, right? Like, people can feel when there's sexual tension in the air. That's like, like real human emotion is like crack for theater people. So everybody's just watching us. <laughs> so it's the end of our final cast party. And I'm standing outside of the bar in a street light and I'm finishing the end of a cigarette before I hail a cab, because sometimes I'm a little bit bad. <laughs> when all of a sudden I feel him come up next to me and I hear the shing scratch of his Zippo lighter because most of the time he is very bad. <laughs> and then he looks at me and I look at him and he just takes this like stray strand of hair that I have on my cheek and he tucks it behind my ear and then he slowly leans in and presses his lips up against mine and it moves into one of those like really deep, passionate kisses. And I know that we were making that shit look good because we are actors. <laughs> so then he looks at me with this like devilish grin in his eyes that contain the secrets of the universe. And he says, so uh, you wanna come back to my place? And with all the nonchalant sex I can muster, I'm like, sure. Bumped my head getting into the cab, but we are moving on. <laughs> so we get to his five-story Brooklyn walk-up, and he's got me pressed up against the door while he's fondling my breast and unlocking his door at the exactly the same time. This was a very, very talented man, triple threat and beyond. So finally we get into his apartment, and I have to pee, because I've been drinking beer all night long, so I'm like, oh, excuse myself to the bathroom. And I get in there, 
and I realize that I'm nervous. Like my hands are shaking and my heart is just like racing. And I catch my own reflection in the mirror and I'm like, Jillian, listen, okay, you have wanted this for an entire year. You have thought about this moment and finally it is here and you are gonna be great. And then I like give myself the guns and I dance a little bit. And I'm like pumped and ready to go and I sit down to pee when, oh no. Oh no, 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 no. Three days before I'm supposed to, in that exact moment, I get my period. My dream man is outside and my uterus is holding up a red flag. <laughs> now, I'm gonna pause here for a moment and take you a little bit outside of this bathroom that we're in right now because I know I was talking like real slow sex Manhattan cool and talking about masturbation in the beginning. My reality, like my actual reality, is that I grew up on a farm in southwestern Ontario with a bunch of really conservative Catholics. <laughs> yeah, when I got my period and stained my white pants, because there's a bit of a learning curve when you first start menstruating. <laughs> collectively as a family, particularly my dad, that I sat in jam. <laughs> and you know, I needed to be more careful where you parked your ass, because you never know where that jam might be. Yeah. And then when I tried to like remedy the situation by like switching to tampons, my mother cried when she found out. She cried because I lost my virginity to a tampon. <laughs> so let's get back into that bathroom, shall we? What the hell am I gonna say? I, I, that my period is obviously something that I do not feel comfortable talking about. What am I gonna do? So I open up the door and there he is. Jeffrey Warwick Barnes the second, and he's topless, and I swear to God he was glistening. <laughs> and he's taken like this like little scarf and like thrown it over his lamp so it's this beautiful orange lighting everywhere. And he slowly comes up to me and he presses his lips up against mine and my knees go weak and then I remember. <laughs> And then he laughs a little bit, I pull away, I giggle. <laughs> he kisses me again, I pull away again. He's like, man, is everything okay? Like, like well, we, don't, we don't have to do, like we don't have, nothing's expected here. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, I, I want this. This is something that I want, <laughs> but. And I'm like, what am I gonna say? What am I gonna say? And I'm like, my Aunt Flo, my aunt, my Aunt Flo has just landed, and she is very much in town. <laughs> and he's looking at me, and he's like, what? Like, are, so what, your aunt is here? Is she at like the airport or something? Like, do you have to go get her? Like, just like, can't she take a cab? And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, um, and I just look at him and I'm finally, I feel my cheeks go super red and really hot and I look at the ground and I'm like, I have my period. <laughs> and 
and I look up and he's looking at me and he laughs. He's like, <laughs> so? <laughs> I'm like, so? <laughs> I mean, what do you mean, so? And he's like, so? And I'm like, so? <laughs> so, what do you mean? He's like, man, listen, I grew up with a bunch of sisters. Like, I don't care. Now, in hindsight, that's a bit weird. <laughs> Talking about your sisters in that moment. But at the time, it was like everything I needed. And he looked at me with that devilish grin again, and he said, it's now or never, kid. And so I flipped off the light. And for the first time in my entire life, I just let go. Like I felt what it was like to move and breathe and make your body a part of another body. I stopped thinking about like, oh, how is my hair cascading on the pillow? Or am I making the right sounds at the right time? Yeah, or like, is this right? Am I doing this right? All of that was gone. It was just me and another person. I was making sounds I didn't expect to make. I discovered flexibility I didn't know I had. And then, for the first time in my whole life, I had an orgasm from having sex. lied there with him afterwards like I just craved the sound of his own heartbeat so I'm listening to it on his chest and I'm tracing like his little chest hairs and the beads of sweat and I realize in that moment I finally feel like I figured it out what it is to be a woman like I finally unlocked this secret magic that we all hold within us and eventually he gets up to go to the bathroom and he like turns on the light. I turn off the light. <laughs> he turns the light on, I turn it off. He laughs, he goes to the bathroom. I turn the light on. It was like CS fucking I in there. Ah! I pause for a moment in sheer amazement that this, this little vessel could hold just so much. And then, to my own Catholic shame and guilt, straight ahead of me, on the very, very white wall, is my own crimson handprint. Oh, I started to move. I just like stripped the sheets off of the bed, and then with my own saliva, I am wiping down the walls. Just like, out, out, damn spot. to thank the human who invented high-gloss paint. Way to go. And I don't know if I was like moving like the flash or if he had a bit of cleanup to do on his own end of things. But by the time he came back into the room, I had the lights on full, the bed was made. And by the bed was made, I mean I just like pulled the comforter up so he couldn't see that the sheets were missing. Because in my despair with these sheets, I didn't know whether to put them in his hamper because then I thought he's gonna have to wash these sheets in the hamper. So then I went to go and put them under the bed and then I'm like, he's gonna find them underneath the bed. So I took these bloody sheets and I put them in my own backpack. 
lady. So there he is in his clean walled room with his bed made son's sheets. He doesn't know that part yet, and I'm fully dressed. And I just like start making up things of like, oh man, I gotta work in the morning, and I forgot my waitress apron. <laughs> I gotta go home to get it. So thank you, good night, goodbye. And he just looks so hurt. And I got outside and Fuck, the guilt for guilt set in. I mean, here was this guy, this guy that I really, really liked. I mean, he was brilliant and he was talented and he liked me back and he didn't care. And now I just left and he thinks that it was like some one night stand thing, but furthermore, I have stolen his sheets. <laughs> How do you come back from stealing someone's sheets? I'm not like supposed to text him and be like, oh, <laughs> Funny thing, open my bag and your sheets were in there. Weird smiley face emoji. Coffee? And so I'm like deep into the like, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do? And I'm on the subway platform when I hear, excuse me, ma'am. Oh yes, oh yes. I look up and I see an NYPD police officer beckoning me over to the random bag search. Oh yeah, interesting fact. Do you know if you try to like ignore them and like briskly like light run walk away from the random bag search? <laughs> the NYPD also have legs and they will use them. And they will get you. And when they get you, <laughs> and they find out you have a bag of bloody sheets, I mean, shit gets real. It gets, it gets real, real, real fast. So there I am, standing on the subway platform, and Officer Schmitz is holding up my menstrual sheets of doom. And I'm very aware that they don't look like menstrual sheets of doom. They look like murder sheets of doom. It's like, ma'am, do you want to tell me what's on these sheets? And I just like explode. I like to pretend like I played it cool. No, I was straight up like 12 year old farm girl of like, I know I was super in love. And then this guy and I had my period and I don't know, and I stole his sheets and I know that that is a crime, okay? <laughs> That is bad, but I am going to return them. Like, I will think of a plan, okay? I just need to wash them first. And Officer Schmitz is like looking at me because this was a display that was going on. And he, there's another officer there, so they kind of like go off and they talk a little bit. And I'm supposed to stand in this like little like box area, I'm not supposed to move. And finally, they come back. And Officer Schmitz looks at me and he says, well, here's what we're gonna do. And Officer Schmitz gives me an ultimatum. I can go with him down to the precinct. We can file a report and keep the sheets, in case they're evidence. <laughs> or we can go back from whence I came and have my partner corroborate my story. 
I gave it a good think. <laughs> Just trying to think like, how long would I be in jail for? <laughs> so there I am. And that five-story <laughs> Brooklyn walk-up, standing in front of that door. That same door that only hours before I was pressed up against having my breasts fondled, and now I've got the NYPD. <laughs> so Officer Schmitz knocks on the door, and Jeffrey opens, like he's like a little groggy at this point, because that, that took a bit. <laughs> and he sees me, he's like, oh, hey. And then he sees the cops, and he's like, oh. <laughs> and Officer Schmitz takes over, because I'm just like crying. <laughs> Sir, do you know what these are? And he has my backpack at the time, and he pulls out these sheets, and he's like, uh, yes, well, those would be, <laughs> those would be my, sh my sheets, my, my recently departed sheets. <laughs> he's like, and sir, could you tell me what is on these sheets? <laughs> and then Jeffrey? He gets like a little bit sassy, and he just looks Officer Schmitz right in the eye, and he says, menstrual fluid. <laughs> he just said it. <laughs> so then Officer Schmitz, he's like, okay, thank you. Hands me my bag and says, have a good night. So we both just kind of like watch him leave. <laughs> and then I turn back and I just start crying even more. I'm like trying to apologize. And he's like, hey, hey. So uh, he looks at me and he lifts my chin. He's like, so I guess you like really didn't have to work in the morning, right? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm sorry, I lied. I just, and he's like, you're like, strange. <laughs> You're like the strangest person I've ever met. Wonderfully strange. <laughs> and then he says, you think that uh, maybe you and that Aunt Flo of yours would want to come in and spend the night? And then maybe tomorrow, after we go to the laundromat, I'll show that Aunt of yours Central Park. And I stayed. Yeah. And I mean, it didn't work out in the long run because he had to go do some Shakespeare in Texas and I, I moved to Canada. Uh, yeah! <laughs> Toronto! Uh, but for that brief moment, that beautiful window of time in my life, it was so full of magic. And I guess if I had to think of like why I'm, I'm telling you this story, love is a beautiful disaster. I mean, it is messy. <laughs> but it can be wonderfully messy. So dive in with both feet any chance you get. Thank you. Now. From the world of the gruesome and grotesque comes your most horrifying meeting with nerve-chilling fear. Menstrual fluid. This mess could have been avoided. 
It's an unbelievably terrifying experience. But you must see all this for yourself, if you're brave enough. He's covered in blood again. Why is it he's always covered in blood? You'll see an orgy of bloody terror. The house that dripped blood, 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 blood. Sometimes you don't want to believe what you see, but sometimes it's true. We'll be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. We're back. So it was the first day of summer after my sophomore year of high school. And uh, at this point in my life, I was a total loser. Uh, But what I lacked in an ability to talk to girls, I made up for in acne. And so this particular day, the first day of summer, was a really big deal. Because it was going to be the first summer in which I had the house all to myself. My sister had just moved away to college. Both my parents worked during the day. So I had total freedom. Like, this was going to be my summer. So that first morning, I wanted to do something really special to mark the occasion. And I was like, hmm, well, I could jerk off, but it's not really special because I did it all the time. But then I remembered something. I'd spent the entire school year sitting around the lunchroom table with a bunch of other virgin dudes, exclusively talking about girls and sex and all the fucking we weren't doing. That was the constant topic of conversation. And it's a weird thing, too, with teenage boys, because when you're talking about masturbating and girls and everything, there's almost this sort of, like, aspirational quality to the conversation, too. Like, I remember one time my buddy Rob came in proudly one day, and he was like, dude, I beat off twice in, like, ten minutes. Like, I came twice. And I remember being so intimidated, like, holy shit, like, years from now, when some girl finally wants to fuck Rob, She's going to be so impressed that he can, like, go twice in ten minutes. Or there are other kids who's like, yeah, like, I was jerking off and I lasted, like, forever. And it's, like, these sort of weird sort of, like, 
doomsday prepping situation where we're not just jerking off in the moment, we're all kind of gearing up for this thing that's eventually coming for us. And so you're kind of running around lost and you're like, well, who are these fuck machines? Like, are these kids for real? Or like, who's got a good lead? And like, I was just such a little insecure kid. Like, I had barely kissed a girl. I barely had armpit hair. Like, my insecurities just ran so deep. So you're just kind of sitting at this table that's sort of like gathering all the information you can. And it was in one of these conversations that uh, at some point my buddy Rob told me that uh, this guy, Nikki Pellini, who, by the way, um, <laughs> I feel like I should always change his name when I tell the story, but it's such a fucking perfectly Jersey name. Like, this guy did an assault charge, <laughs> like, ten years ago. He cracked some guy's skull open, but I still <laughs> really, it's hard to find a better replacement. Anyway, okay, so, he was a bad kid, for sure, but one who had had verifiable sex with girls. So, Nikki told Rob, who told me that Nikki said, Rob, listen, man, I've had sex. Like, I have fucked girls, and I'm telling you, if you take a grapefruit, cut a hole in it, and microwave it for 30 seconds, it feels just like vagina. So, I'm mulling it over in my house, and I'm like, huh, no, no way. Also, like, <laughs> uh, I grew up in a straight-up Wonder Bread and Fish Sticks kind of house, so something like grapefruit was so exotic, it might as well have been fucking foie gras. But so, you know, just in case, I go down to the kitchen and there must have been some sort of like weird fad diet or fucking segment on Oprah about grapefruit, like being a superfood or something. I don't know. It was the 90s. But I go down to the kitchen. I look in the fruit basket. And sure enough, there are two huge grapefruits in there. And so I'm looking at this and I'm like, no, I would never do this. Also, like, it doesn't make sense. Like, this kid probably just made this up because, like, there's acid in grapefruits and, like, this is just sort of a weird kamikaze mission. Like, something could go wrong. This isn't great. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, you know, this is a problem. But also this kid says it could feel like real sex, but, like, I'm never going to do this. So I'm just staring at this grapefruit like, no, no way. This is ridiculous. No, I could never take this risk. I will never ever do this. Yes, I am absolutely totally doing this. So I cut a hole in the grapefruit. I microwave it for 30 seconds. I take it upstairs. I lay a towel on my bed because I'm a gentleman. And so I get in the zone. I lay down. I stick my D in this grapefruit and it was amazing. My 16 year old brain had never experienced anything like this before. It was Unbelievable. It's like I was suddenly on another planet. I just sort of closed my eyes and just sort of put this thing upon me. It's that weird moment where you're like, is this gonna be cool? Is this gonna be fine? And then it goes on, you're like, oh, this is like the finest thing that's ever happened. Like there's just this sort of like electric jolt through your body and like your entire life has been talking about sex and how good it could be and you had no idea and then you get there and this weird fucking grapefruit graces you with its presence and you have this moment where you're like oh we were right all along this is the most perfect thing this is the best version of humanity and so i'm just going at it and i'm just destroying this poor grapefruit 
I burst through the other side and it's like splitting in half in my hands so I'm trying to hold it together and it's just a total mess. I'm just sort of like vice gripping it on and it's spitting juice everywhere and you can smell it. It's just like 30 seconds of total mayhem. It's horrible. By the time I'm done, this grapefruit doesn't even look like I fucked it. It looks like I got in my car and ran it over. When I finish, I immediately get panic-stricken. What if somebody finds out about this? Cause like, there's just no way you can be the kid who fucked the grapefruit and walk around school and like, everyone's cool with that. Like what if there's a world in which like, somebody's looking in a window or somebody heard me downstairs or something. Kids have gotten down in this town for much less. There was a rumor that this kid, Matt, who lived in the neighborhood, had jerked off his dog once and like, he couldn't live that down. That followed him to the end of his days. If somebody found out that I actually fucked a grapefruit, what would my parents say to me? What is that therapy session? So I'm immediately, I'm like, no, no one can ever find out about this. The secret dies with me. So I get all forensic about it. I gather all the evidence, the towel, the grapefruit that is just horrible right now. And I throw it all in a trash bag and dispose of it in a secure location. That's my chore. I take care of the trash. Nobody else is going to find it. But still, I am sweating bullets for the rest of the day. Nobody can ever, ever, ever find out about this. As if there's a world in which, like, I'd be at dinner with my parents that night and they'd be like, Oh, we're missing a grapefruit. Richie, did you fuck it? So, we have dinner that night, and the grapefruit never comes up. Next day, same thing. Not a word about it. Third day, still nothing. I tell no one, not even Rob, not even Nikki Polini, none of the dudes I know. I don't say a single word. And slowly, day by day, my paranoia fades as I realize that I have maybe totally gotten away with this whole thing. But something else is happening too, because I suddenly feel like a real man. I didn't fuck a girl, but I fucked a thing that some kids said was just like fucking a girl, and for me, that was enough. Because I swear to God, this is totally true. Once I fucked that grapefruit, like a creepy little grapefruit fucker, I felt so mature, I finally switched from tidy whities to boxers. Or like I'd be hanging out with my dude friends and I would just sort of look around smugly and think, these poor fucking fools, they haven't lived a life. But me, I've been to the mountaintop. And so about a week or two passes and I'm still just on cloud nine with this thing. I'm suddenly the smartest person I know. Nobody found out about it, and I have totally convinced myself that this grapefruit experiment has in fact somehow made me better at sex than all the other virgins I know who have not fucked a thing that came out of the microwave. I'm suddenly this pioneer. I may have zero actual experience with girls, but now I have like cut to the head of the line as far as dudes who are awesome at fucking. In my brain, it's like me and like LL Cool J. We're the guys. <laughs> and so this is going on and I'm feeling great and I've gotten away with murder. And one morning I'm like, you know what? It's time to take another shot at the title. I had to chase that dragon man. I was going back. So I run downstairs to the kitchen, check the fruit bowl, but there's no grapefruit. But there is an orange. 
So I'm like, fuck it, same difference, let's do this. So I go through my little preparation ritual. I cut a hole in the orange, I microwave it for 30 seconds, I take it upstairs, I lay a towel in my bed, I get in the zone, I stick my D in this orange, and it is at this moment that I realize an orange is about half the size of a grapefruit. As such, when you microwave it for 30 seconds, it gets as hot as the fucking sun. And I am immediately struck with this white hot searing pain. I'm like, oh no, oh no, 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 no. Oh Jesus fucking Christ, what am I doing? As if it only had just occurred to me that this is a horrible idea. Every alarm is going off in my brain. It is this total system shock. And I'm losing my mind like, is my dick on fire? Is it still gonna be there when I look down? Do you have any idea how many nerve endings are in your genitals? The answer is way too many to fuck piping hot fruit. So my body locks up and I'm just writhing in my sheets like, oh fuck, how bad is this? Is this Neosporin bad or is this emergency room bad? Do I have to call 911 and say, hi, I burned my dick, send help. And they're like, what happened? And I'm like, I fucked an orange. And they're like, why was the orange hot? And I'm like, cause we were out of grapefruit. So I scream and whip the orange across the room. And then I'm just holding my dick like a buddy in a war movie. Like oh, my best friend, I have betrayed you. My sweet prince, what have I done? And in this moment, every ounce of manliness I had gained that summer vanishes. All of my shame comes flooding back and I would not be inside of anything else for another three years. I wanted to share this with you because I believe every man should get grapefruited. When you grapefruit your man, it's gonna feel as if you are giving him head and fucking him at the same time. So what you need to do is you need to, of course, have a grapefruit. What you wanna do is make sure the grapefruit is room temperature. All you have to do is put it in warm water. Do not microwave it, do not boil it. Once it gets to that temperature, you wanna take a knife, put a hole in the middle of the grapefruit approximately the size of your man's penis. Now, when you grapefruit your man, he has to be blindfolded. Say, baby, you know what? Tonight, I want to do something a little freakier. I want to suck your dick blindfolded. Your man will blindfold himself if he knows he's going to get some head. Once he's nice and erect, what you're going to do is replace the grapefruit from your mouth. You're going to twist up and down on his shaft and suck the head at the same time. And that's the grapefruit technique. Well, that is all of Funny Stuff 3. Be sure to check out the other Funny Stuff stories and all of our special series. You can check out our Best of Risk episodes, our Scary Story episodes, our All-Star episodes. It's all at riskdeshow.com slash special series. Folks, today's the day. Take a risk.
Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today.